That was absolutely unbelievable. It's really not unbelievable. I shouldn't use that word. Ridiculous. That was absolutely ridiculous. Let's talk about it today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, April 28th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. All righty. Well, the Tigers lost to the Baltimore Orioles by a score of 7-4 to on Thursday night. And it was, it, I, I, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. That was unreal um and on paper you know you just look at the box score you're like all right well you know tigers put up four it's not like the worst in the world we've certainly seen a lot worse over the last couple of years seven joey went started maybe he got you know blown up again maybe he got hit hard again by a good lineup or whatever joey Wentz was pretty good we'll talk about him I thought he was pretty solid. Chase and Shreve obviously gave up most of the runs. Um, but I don't think that this is the bullpen's fault. I don't think that this is Chase and Shreve's like, loss. Uh, I mean, I guess in the scorebook, it literally is his loss. But I don't think that this is Chase and Shreve's fault entirely. Uh, the bullpen has been unbelievable the last couple of weeks. It's been absolutely incredible. One of, if not legitimately the best bullpen in the entire game of baseball since like April 12th or 13th. So uh, this was, they can't go out and throw blanks every night. You know, as much as that would be awesome and as much as every team in the league tries to formulate their bullpen to do that, that's not feasible. Uh, It's not even remotely possible, really, I, I would venture to say. So They were bound to give up some runs eventually. But even despite the five runs given up by Chase and Shreve, even despite really anything, right? I guess that's the main thing. Even despite a a five-piece given up by this bullpen, which has been rare lately, a blown lead by the bullpen, this team had more than enough opportunities to still win this baseball game. And when you look back at the series they got swept by against Baltimore last weekend, while you don't pinpoint it on the bullpen as heavily, because I think they only gave up two runs that entire, three runs that entire weekend, um, all the games they've played against Baltimore so far, super, super, super winnable ball games. All of them. I don't mind saying the word winnable when I'm talking in hindsight. 
We're not going to use it prediction-wise anymore. We're not going to talk about the future in call games uh, winnable anymore. But I don't mind using it in hindsight because it that's pretty objective. But they scored one run in each game individually in the first three games in, uh, in the season set, in the, in the three games they got swept last weekend. And then today, they had one of the worst clutch-hitting performances I have truly ever seen from a Major League Baseball team. That was insane. Unbe- just prime Wilt Chamberlain in terms of left-on-base numbers. As a team, they went one for 14 with runners in scoring position. That is horrific. That is 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 fear-inducing, vomit-inducing. That's unreal. 15 runners left on base as a team. Now, there's team lob, and then there's individual player lob, okay? So the team lob was 15. That's how many runners the team left on base at the end of every inning, right? All added up, 15. Individual player lob is how many each player leaves on base after every single at bat, and they're all added up, obviously, throughout the course of the game. If you then add, just for fun, this isn't how team lob is calculated. This isn't how team left on base is calculated. But just for fun, if you were to add all of the runners left on base individually together, you come to 36. You heard that right. 36. Now, again, that's not how left on base is calculated. I want to make that abundantly clear. Okay, we didn't just like set the all-time record for for runners left on base as a team. But that is still absolutely asinine. Let's just go down the list. That sounds like a fun exercise. Uh Zach McKinstry, who got on base three times tonight. Great ball game for McKinstry. Looks solid and uh defensively, kind of wherever he was put as well. Um, one left on base, Jake Rogers. Only had two at-bats, three left on base. Riley Green, one. Torkelson, five. Nick Maton, four. Kerry Carpenter, two. We'll talk about him later. Uh, Tyler Nevin, three in one at-bat. They had a walk, two. Two plate appearances. Three. Uh, Eric Haas, two. Miguel Cabrera, 0 for five with seven left on base. Akil Badu, zero. Uh, The only person with zero in the entire game. Uh, And he got walked in his oh he had an a b and a walk uh matt veerling one jonathan scope seven over five with three k's that's unreal i i i feel like i've said unreal and unbelievable and ridiculous and stuff like a million times already and it's only segment one but like that's truly remarkable in the most negative connotation you can interpret the word remarkable that is remarkable Adding up all of the individual left on base, you get to 36. And even if, like, you don't play this random exercise that doesn't actually mean anything because that's not how it's calculated, one for 14 with runners in scoring position in a game is horrendous. And 15 runners left on base as a team is horrendous. It's, it's, this game was, frustrating 
for a lot of reasons, this being the biggest, obviously. But the reason that this, that this one really was, was frustrating because they got on base a boatload. They were, uh, you had every single inning, like two men on or bases loaded. And it started off early, man. Like the second inning, you had bases loaded, no outs. Okay. Bases loaded, no outs in a tie ball game. Zero, zero. All right. Double play that scores a run and then a pop out. What are we talking about? And that was one of what, three times, at least two that you had bases loaded in this ball game. Just unforgivable stuff, man. But you had a lot of base runners. <laughs> like a lot of people, like we'll go over the individual performances. A lot of people, you're walking away going, ah, oh, good day at the office. But they freeze and just forget how to, to everything good they've done so far when someone is standing on second or third base. It's unreal. It's unreal. All right, let's get into some of the individual performances. And I guess keep talking about the team performance because, again, like this wasn't – they got on base 18 times. They, they had 10 walks. They had 10 walks and 8 hits. Golly. All right, let's keep going, though. Let's, let's keep talking about this great, great, great ball game. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at Game Time. That's the right one. Uh, forget about planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you. of the difference, truly the guarantee out there of lowest price. Uh, You can get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, just two taps, and you are all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. It's the best. And and again, for somebody like me who just likes to kind of wake up one day and go, I want to go to the ball game today. It really is the best app out there uh, for people like that. So, um, yeah, snag your tickets today without the stress at game time. Get Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off of your first, per- first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code using LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, everybody, welcome back. Segment two here, Locked on Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I greatly appreciate it. Even on days like today, uh, the everydayers, we we call y'all. We will be back on Monday, hopefully recapping some wins in this series. Uh, again, going into the weekend, I what did I say? I was like, I'm not asking for a series victory. I'm not asking for a four-game sweep, certainly, but... Every game you played against Baltimore the previous weekend, you played close. And now this one, you had a lead late and had the winning run at the plate in the bottom of the ninth inning. You had the winning run on first in the bottom of the ninth inning. Now that you were down three, you had the winning run at the plate in the bottom of the ninth, tying run at first. 
just didn't matter. So, uh, yeah, just a, a, a and like it's tough to even like again we we've talked about it before, but there are some performances that are so good or so bad. There's not even analysis for it, and like individually, we will talk about good things that happen in this ball game. Again, ten walks. The patient approach, the dominate the strike zone approach, you succeeded in at the plate for like one of the first times all year. They've actually had good approaches against starting pitchers a lot this season. It's just the later they, it's impossible for them to score between like the sixth and eighth inning. It's just not happening. They're not scoring off relievers. They've had a couple of miraculous like walk offs and comebacks and stuff in the bottom of the ninth. So we'll exclude the ninth from that conversation. But it, it wouldn't surprise me if this team had the lowest, like, comfortably the lowest run total in baseball in innings. I was going to say in innings, like, five through eight. But then I remembered that they have comfortably the lowest run total in baseball just in general, all nine innings, just as a team. So that's obviously going to be true. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I don't know how many different ways that I, I can articulate how – unbelievably embarrassing of a performance this like clutch hitting wise this was um and it, it's just again like the most frustrating part is because they got a runner a lot of runners on base uh 10 walks everybody on the i mean zach mckinstry led off got on base three times uh jake rogers pinch hit uh, again late righty lefty thing uh he did not do well 0 for two with two strikeouts but Riley Green walking a hit. Spencer Torgelson walking a hit. Nick Maton, uh, two walks, no hits. Kerry Carpenter, two for three. We'll talk about him a little bit later. Uh, Nevin, 0 for one. Eric Haas, two for three with two walks. What a beauty. Miguel Cabrera, 0 for five. Uh, just not very effective uh, at the plate in this game. And I mean, his season numbers are dreadful. Uh, Akuba do 0 for 1 with a walk. Matt Veerling 0 for 1 with a walk. And then Jonathan Scope 0 for 5 with three strikeouts and seven left on base. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, genuinely, like, I, it, it's, it, I've, I've just, I've never seen, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen that. I'm not sure I've ever, and we'll move on. I'm not just going to keep, I don't want to keep repeating myself for half an hour, but I, I'm truly dumbfounded. And I want to really stress how insane this, this is. If there were runners on base, they, like Nick Maton walked in a run. Like that's what it took at one point. We were, it was a 3-2 game and Maton walked in a run. Which like doesn't even count to our at-bats with runners in scoring position. So like it, it, it's... It, if there's no one on base, they're getting on. If there's a runner on first, they're hitting a single or drawing a walk. If there's runners on first and second, they're drawing a walk or they're not getting a hit. It, it It's unreal. And again, even when you had, you had bases loaded one out at one point, strikeout pop out. Then you had bases loaded no outs, double play pop out. You had the bases loaded twice with less than two outs and total between both combined scored one run. It's tough, man. I, I, I just, I don't, I mean, I do, but it's, it's wild to me that approaches can change so much just 
from at bat, not at bat to at bat, but situation to, to situation. Like you can get on three times and not bring in a single runner. You can get, and the whole team, like everyone can get on two or three times the entire game and none of them can drive in a run. Unreal. All right, let's move on. I, I, I don't, I feel like I'm, I'm just re-articulating or reiterating the exact same point over and over. And I don't want just this to just be half an hour of a broken record. Um, let's talk about Joey Wentz because I, I actually thought that this was a bright spot in this game. Uh, five and two thirds, four hits, two earned runs, one walk, six strikeouts. So the thing with Joey Wentz is post Tommy John, he developed a cutter. And that was a really big, important piece of his development because ever since he developed the cutter, he's been kind of a whole different pitcher. And a lot of people are much higher on him than they maybe even were pre-injury. Uh, and, and he developed that that down in the minors in the Tiger system. And then now we're seeing kind of the fruits of that labor. Uh, the cutter in this one was a little slower, like velo-wise, than we were used to. And it's kind of noticeable off the bat. Um, but I don't hate that. Like most of the time in today's day and age of baseball, you're looking at uh, every single pitch and you're going, how can we maximize velocity with this? Whether it's spin on a fastball, you know, you spin a little more, maybe it cuts through the air more, you get a couple of miles an hour on it. Uh, whether it's a mechanics thing, just in your own delivery, how can we maximize velocity? His cutter specifically, I don't hate it if, he shaved a mile an hour off it and i'm not saying that like please do this you know if he wants to like today it averaged 84 and that's almost a mile and a half slower than we're used to um it like if he wants to have that thing around 86 i'm not going to complain that's still almost a 10 mile an hour difference from his four seam fastball so like i'm i'm okay with it uh but did anyone else see Zach Gallen's like ridiculous changeup cutter he threw the other day? Go look it up. Go to Pitching Ninja or one of the the pitching accounts. It was everywhere. Um, just go on any social media platform and look up Zach Gallen's. They were they were calling it a change cutter, and it's one of the most. It, it looks like the pitch glitches in midair. Like it doesn't even look real. Uh, and it, it was, it was an accident. He threw it on accident. I'm not sure how he threw it. It was nowhere no, clear, nowhere near the strike zone, but it was a ridiculous pitch. And, uh, with his cutter, it's been such a strong point in his development. I don't need that in like the, the upper eighties. Like, I don't need that, that close to your fastball and velocity. If you want to bring that down and have a 10 mile an hour gap between those two pitches, I think that's fine. Because it looks like a fastball out of the hand, and then it's slower and it's moving off the barrel. I think that's kind of a two for one thing there. So I'm again, I'm not up here like begging. I didn't bring that up to like beg him to slow down the pitch. It's it, it's fine. It's a fine difference. But I guess my point is going forward, if the cutter isn't an 87, 88 mile an hour pitch, um, I don't think that that's an issue whatsoever. I guess is my point. Um, and the other pitches, all velocity wise, were right on par with what they've been all year. So we'll see how that trend continues. That was just something I noticed in this game. Um, but yeah, like pitch mix, he went mostly four seam heavy. He just, and we've seen it a few times this year. He's at his best when he is winning the race to one and two strikes. We've talked about it a lot on this show. This coaching staff has talked about it a lot. 
And uh, in this game, I thought he did a pretty good, pretty good job. Better early. The the sixth inning kind of got away from him. I really wanted them to finish that inning, but uh, just command wise, he was getting a little shaky. Uh, so yeah, but the, all in all, I thought this was a, this was a pretty good performance. We'll, we'll talk about some of the a little bit deeper dive into the numbers of what made him so good in this game. Right after I tell y'all about our friends over at the Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. This is an awesome game. It's one of the coolest games I've ever played. I am absolutely hooked. I play it all the time now. Uh, And it's basically you in the shoes of a Major League Baseball GM because it turns out it's not that easy. If you've had the same thought, ever dreamed of being a GM, you can now do that and manage your own franchise by downloading the Pro Baseball GM immediately. This game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of your franchise. You can play through the seasons and lead your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches, staff, team finances, scouting and drafting players, managing through difficult personalities, injuries, free agency, trades, offseason, etc. You're in charge of it all. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want, when you want to. Download the app. Today, Locked On Tigers are also getting a 100% free boost to their franchise when you use promo code Locked On at the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com. You can scan the code on the screen here if you're watching on YouTube, or you can just search it in the app store. That's probaseballgm.com, the ultimate baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Need more water, clearly. What's up, everybody? Third and final segment here, Locked on Tigers. Um, okay, so we, we've talked about the offense at length. We're kind of done with that conversation. That was just absolutely preposterous. Uh, talking about Joey Wentz. So in this game, he got uh, most of his swing. He had 11 whiffs in this game, which is not bad. Uh, but specifically, what I want to point out is, because we, we talk so much about the, the four-seam cutter combo that he has going for him and how effective that has led itself to be in the minors and in the majors that, that, you know, at the end of second half, what September of last year, he was lethal. Um, and this year when his starts are good, it's usually because of that. This start, the changeup was incredible. Six of his 11 swings and misses on the outing were from the changeup and total. The changeup was offered at a, swung at 11 times by hitters so six of 11 swings were swings and misses over a 50 percent whiff rate for the changeup. really effective pitch uh and as a whole had a 31 percent csw percentage every pitch except the curveball was at 30 percent or better in the called strikes plus whiffs percentage so uh yeah really really i, I mean it, it was a, it was an effective outing Got tagged a couple of times, got hit hard a couple of times, um, but like six strikeouts in almost six innings, uh, only the one walk. Like we, we've talked a lot about Wentz and, and how so far at the major league level, if, if he can keep people off the bases for the most part, he's going to have a really good outing. That that sounded super captain, obviously. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I don't want to be the key to the game is score more than the other team guy. Um, I, I What I'm trying to say is he has struggled with, working his way out of trouble. And in this game, he allowed five base runners in five and two thirds. Uh, but 
was able to work his way out of trouble, uh, I thought, decently well. Gave up a couple of runs, but six innings and three earned runs is considered a quality start, and he was a, an out away from six innings and two earned runs. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty solid. I'm, I'm pretty pleased with what I saw from Joey Wentz in this one. I think that this is a nice get-back-on-track outing after the last couple have been kind of hit or miss. Then we get to the bullpen. Uh, Jose Cisnero came into this game. Uh, walk in and out. I, I mean, we'll take it. Sure. Uh, this, I don't think he was nearly as good as he was in his last outing, which I thought was the best outing he had had all season. The best his stuff had looked all season, rather. The velocity was back down in this one. So uh, interesting development there that we will certainly have to keep an eye on. We're going to save Shreve for last. Will Vest in this game uh, goes one and a third of clean baseball. Fine. And then Tyler Alexander, one inning, one hit. No stats either. Yeah, he was fine as well. I uh, Again, uh, honestly, the fact that Will Vest so far still has a zero ERA on the season is a pretty big win for this organization at the moment, considering how rough of a end of last year he had, how rough of a spring he had, and how rough of a Toledo stint he had to start off this year. So for him to come up and, uh, you know, start blanking major leaguers uh, is is pretty good. So that's, that's great. Awesome to see Will Vest kind of – if we can get – May and June, Will Vest. If we can get 2022, April, May, June, Will Vest. I mean, we're going to be – this bullpen's going to end up being all right. Uh, Tyler Alexander, like I said, he looked fine. Uh, that's a couple of good outings in a row for him as well, which is good. He had a really good pitch mix in this one. I really liked uh, – I think he threw – yeah, four-seam fastball five times, cutter five times, changeup four times. I love that. So, okay, let's talk about Jason Shreve, who obviously – had uh, not a very good outing. Two-thirds of an inning, four hits, five earned runs, one walk, no strikeouts, and the home run against. They interviewed him after the game, and he said that he was throwing the type of pitches that he wanted where he wanted to throw them as far as, like, same general region. Uh, and all of the hitters kind of just took whatever. Like, to, to, I don't know, nitpicked him? Like, so, slowly kind of... Death by a million paper cuts just kind of got to him. And then obviously the home run at the end of the outing. Um, I don't think that his stuff looked awful in this one. I, I really don't. I don't think, I mean, his ERA is like seven and a half now when it was, I think sub three going into the outing, but we're still in April. So that's why that's a thing. Um, I, I didn't think that the stuff was, was horrible. Uh, that splitter is going to play most nights. That four seam fastball and splitter combo is going to play most nights. Um, so yeah, it, it's like it was weird. Like I, I, I didn't, I did think he missed his spots a lot more than maybe he was letting on in the post game presser. But I, I didn't think that his stuff was just like flat. And I was like, oh wow, he looks awful tonight. Like I didn't really have that thought. They just kept hitting him hard, and I, that's baseball. That happens sometimes. Again, I, I, I put this loss significantly more on the offense and the inability to take advantage of literally a single runner in scoring position seemingly the entire game uh, than I do a bullpen that has been great for the last, now at this point, a majority of the season. Um, and, uh, and and one kind of bad outing where you were still very much in the ball game and again had the winning run at the plate and the tying run on base there uh, late in the outing. Um, so like, yeah, just, uh, uh, if this is a theme and he goes out there and his next three outings suck, then like, we're going to have a different conversation, but I didn't think the stuff looked bad. I didn't think he was missing spots, <clears throat> excuse me, 
I didn't think he was missing spots by like a foot. I didn't think he was going out there and like, you know, like Michael Lorenzen the other day was missing his spots by a foot and a half. We were aiming up and in and he was throwing it low and away. We were aiming low and away. It was up on a barrel. Like he wasn't missing his stuff that dramatically. It's just game of inches. uh, And and that's going to be baseball sometimes. And they really got a hold of him. He was not fooling anyone. That is not what I'm trying to argue. So uh, yeah, not a great performance. Certainly one of the worst outings of recent memory for him, I'm sure. Um, so we'll see kind of how he recovers from it. But uh, the the one thing about this bullpen, and we'll end the show on this, that frustrated me in this game was the management. And a lot of you guys enjoy calling me an A.J. Hinch defender. Um, there's a lot of people that have a lot more issues with uh, AJ than I guess I do on a daily basis, but I'm, I'm pretty, I, I don't know. Ob- I try to at least be pretty objective about the whole thing. I don't have like a, I need to defend AJ hinge vendetta in my head. Um, but this one leaving Shreve out there, like uh, he, was kind of ridiculous to me, to be honest with you. I, I wasn't really sure the game plan. Um, uh, and we talked about in the Milwaukee series, the fact that you weren't using, relievers like you 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 even with short outings from your starting pitchers you weren't using relievers and you had a lead late and you went to Shreve which made sense to me at the time you you want go you want to go to a one inning guy you got through almost six innings Cisnero had already gone the Shreve move made sense I didn't understand the the we're going to keep him out there and he's clearly getting hit over and over hard over and over. And we're just going to leave him out there. And like, I, I can almost excuse like the first three runs. Like I'll even give him that long of a leash, but the home run, by the time he gave up the Homer, he should not have been in the ball game. He, he should not have been in the ball game for that home run against him. I, I don't understand he, what he faced seven batters, eight batters. I that that in a close game still and again didn't end up mattering because the offense can't hit with a running scoring position but like in that close of a game still that didn't make much sense to me but really at that point I'm just kind of picking hairs because we just would have lost by one run instead of three so uh I don't know that that part did bother me though and I I did want to highlight that um yeah that's pretty much it thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every single day. I appreciate you all for continuing to tune in, even when we have very frustrating games like this. Uh, I, I Honestly, I'm very frustrated um, at, at the Tigers game. I don't even know how this show is going to do numbers-wise, how this episode is going to do numbers-wise, because I would imagine that a large majority of my fan base – uh, my fan base, the Tigers fan base, this show's following rather, uh, is Lions fans. And the Lions had a heck of a Thursday night, didn't they? So uh, go try, go check out Matt Derry, uh, who's the host of Locked On Lions. He does a great job covering them. And I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about the Lions day one draft night. But uh, yeah, baseball is probably taking a back seat on Thursday, probably friday as well rounds two and three um but we play on uh we will be here sunday sunday for me monday for you recapping this baltimore orioles series oh it's it the hmm, the most ridiculous part about it 
for me in my position is like I'm trying to find ways and angles to tell you about how we can maybe improve in certain areas. That's impossible when you have great at-bats with no one on base or a runner on first, and then they just randomly turn to awful, awful, awful at-bats when there's a runner in scoring position. Because I'm just going to go do what you did last time. What is happening? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, if they were all just bad at-bats like last season, we'd be like, okay, this team clearly is not catching up to fastballs. That's still, honestly, a little bit of a problem this year. We can talk about that. In a in a micro, just this game, you had 18 base runners and scored four runs and had one hit with runners in scoring position. All right. I'll catch you all on Monday. I appreciate you all greatly for tuning in. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll see you all then, baby. Go Tigers.